0: Alright, well good evening. Welcome to the Lift Church Discipleship webcast. My name is Robin Waller. I'm the lead pastor along with my wife Laura here at Lift Church. And who are you and why are you here?
1: Uh, my name is Kirsten Rudy. I'm the Simple Church Regional Director at Mohawk. And I'm here to talk about some stuff tonight.
0: Talk about stuff. Do you have an idea what kind of stuff you're going to talk about?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about what... I kind of some reimagining what gospel leadership looks like in light of the priesthood of all believers oh man
0: that sounds like something i get excited about
1: yeah it does <laughs>
0: <laughs> throughout my alley well i'm excited to have you on the webcast kirsten if you don't know kirsten is almost always behind the scenes uh, of our episodes this is our 100th episode and i think you have done like we think like over 90 of those episodes yeah probably
1: at least 90
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. so welcome kirsten <laughs> welcome everyone celebrations 100th episode get comfortable we'll be right back
2: Another breakthrough. So let me show you what I mean. Yeah. What I is a new thing. Yeah. Listen up, I'm gonna say it all right now.
0: Alright, well, let's kick off with some news of the week. Kirsten, what's the first piece of news you want to get out the door today? So
1: first thing is uh, we've got new daily devos for the summer starting on May 9th. We're going to be studying uh, Genesis and Proverbs. So make sure to grab your copy on Amazon. Uh, order one for yourself. Order some for your Simple Church family or your friends or whoever else you want to invite and do devos with us.
0: That'd be great. Uh, and actually next week on the webcast, Alex is here to uh, just
2: remind us to a quick walkthrough on how to read scripture and how to interpret. Uh, And love the work of Jesus. Uh,
0: One piece of news uh, to get out the door as well is that the Engage app has launched. So uh, we are moving slowly off of Social Shared. We've mostly moved many of you off of Social Shared, our former project management system, onto Engage Spaces, the platform that we're using to collaborate and do project management as a church family. And that's really cool because it brings together courses reporting, resources, uh, workspaces, all kinds of things into one place. So if you haven't yet, head to the iOS or Android and you can download the Lift Church app. Many of you should have accounts already. We automatically activated most of your accounts because most of you are already on Engage. uh, And you can download it. The app is called Lift Church, which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, what can we celebrate this week, Kirsten?
1: Well, I mean, like you mentioned, it's the 100th episode Whoa, of the webcast tonight, cupcakes. so we've got cupcakes, which We're gonna are eat pretty these great. Later. Yeah.
0: I want to eat them now, but y- yeah, we'll eat them later. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Well, I hear some <laughs> of you guys have cupcakes.
1: Yeah. If yeah. you have cupcakes or cookies or whatever post else, post photos.
0: So yeah, we have come a long way on the webcast. Thank you to Graham White, our first producer of the webcast, and now uh, it's being run by Morgan and uh, the team behind the scenes. I also want to recognize that so much hard work goes into this Mm -hmm. whether you give Devo reflections or multiplication power-ups which are now (laughs) fun or you know the celebration stories whether you're someone like Ruben who has been here every week for the last year on this whether you've been Sarah helping behind the scenes Meg so many others and I want to just say thank you it's been such a cool tool to use for our church we're going to continue to use it And uh, so maybe post your favorite episode in the chat. What was your favorite webcast episode? What was the one where you learned something, hopefully, where you learned to love Jesus more? Throw it in the chat. I'd love to know that. Yeah. So, but that's not all we're celebrating. What are you celebrating here? No,
1: I'm actually celebrating that lately we've had so many people commit to moving closer to campus uh, to be intentionally pro- proximate proximal proximal pro- 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 i proximal? like proximal sure uh, to our church family and to our campuses uh me and adam just recently moved closer to mohawk yeah. we're like one block away we can see the school it's pretty cool yeah um ainsley house which is basically three houses in one mm-hmm. house is now almost entirely lift people which Exology. is just crazy so that's been really cool to see around our church lately
0: I want to celebrate Paula and Jess's Simple Church. They've been working to plan an online careers fair for first years, which is, like, so cool. Uh, Really, really encouraged by that. So way to think out of the box and uh, creatively engage and serve our campuses.
1: Mm Uh, Also celebrating our York fam for going out and collecting something like 20 bags of garbage on campus uh, this past Sunday, which is just amazing. So cool to see the region coming together as a whole to do that. And then also uh, super pumped that Tim invited his family to join.
0: That's great. And it's cool because I think this is something we can do at all of our campuses. So if you're passionate about uh, greening the world... (laughs) Uh, and cleaning stuff up encourage you hey plan a garbage day in your region invite the other simple churches anyone can make this happen so uh, that said we're going to kick it over to an interview with Rachel Graham talking about worship and uh, man we'll be right right back you don't want to miss this All right, well, I'm here with Rachel Graham. Rachel is uh, one of our Simple Church leaders, one of our worship leaders in McMaster Region B, along uh, with some others. And Rachel, we appreciate you. We're grateful for you. And we're so glad to have you on the webcast. How are you tonight?
2: Thanks, Robin. I'm super good, super pumped. 100th website cast really excited for that
0: yeah come on so this last year's obviously had some big changes to the way uh that we've been thinking as a church and obviously that's also involved the way we think about worship and hopefully that's growing uh what have you been learning in the last year about worship uh as a worship leader and also just as a follower of jesus
2: yeah, um, like you said, this past year, it's been pretty amazing um, just to kind of see how our church has uh, changed. And um, kind of when Jerry and I were at the beginning of Mac um, Region B, shout out, <laughs> like, okay, like, what what do we want worship to look like? And um, we kind of were like, okay, we actually have to figure out what true worship is. Um, and then just journeying through that process of um fully committing to like looking into doing my devos and um really just starting to understand like how much of a good example we have in the bible of what true worship looks like and that it actually (laughs) is not sunday (laughs) and although sunday is a very beautiful part and i'll touch on that later but like it's the in the week every day every moment of your life to glorify god Um, and yeah, I just, we kind of worked through this and kind of have just been really trying to like, look at the Bible and then, okay, what's next. Um, so really, really cool, uh, just to kind of journey through that this past year. And, uh, it's definitely been, uh, interesting and it's been really exciting to see, uh, the growth of our church during that.
0: What would you say is like, you talk about Devo's. And the importance of devos. why have devos been so important? I think just expand on that thought for for just like two years.
2: yeah, um it's the only example that we should really be uh, basing what we're doing off of. And I think that was uh, something that we really had to dive into. And so saying, okay, like we want to figure out what this looks like. Well, then we actually have to commit to like looking hard and even like seeing the hard truths of, oh, we're not quite there yet. And we got to take some more steps forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's messy. <laughs> and understanding that and looking at the Bible and thinking, wow, we have so many great examples of it being messy and it also being worship. Uh, and that's just been really, really cool.
0: So what for you has that practically been looking like as you've been diving into scripture? What is it, How has it practically shifted your, your understanding of worship and worship leading?
2: Um... Well, it was hard. (laughs) Definitely, I'm going to say that. It was really hard the first three, like the three weeks where we're like, okay, something's got to change. It took me a while to be like, okay, what's next? And, And then it took me a while to figure out what's next. And so we're just starting to get there. But it's really just like looking at your life and thinking, okay, who can I ask and invite to worship God with me? And that is so, so cool. And so I just was like, okay, I'm going to start with my simple church and starting with my simple church and saying, okay, I'm going to go serve. Do you want to come with me? And they all said yes. And you're like, okay, I'm going to love on my housemates. Do you want to love on your housemates too? And they all said yes. And you just continue to love people and glorify God in that. And you just slowly ask the people in your life to keep you accountable, but also do it with you. And that's kind of how your simple church starts to change, and how your church starts to change. And it's been really, really cool.
0: I love that you you're, you're you're emphasizing that that the heart of worship actually started in scripture, but then it was about the posture of a servant. Like, and you're just hitting on all the big things here, Rachel. So <laughs> so good. Uh, what what's one encouragement that you would give to our church? Is The process, okay? Like, I'm not I'm not musical, or maybe they've they're kind of locked in thinking about worship as a Sunday. Th- thing only what what would you say to encourage our our church uh this evening
2: um we are all worship leaders (laughs) and I know we've talked about this before but this was like how do we pursue that and you don't have to be musical you don't have to be able to sing to be able to come on a Sunday and worship that's just one part of it and I like, I think we've talked about this before, but just that your Sundays is an outpour of your worship during the week. And when you start to understand that your worship during the week is loving others and loving God and glorifying God and everything and serving with your simple church and all these amazing things, you guys are doing it. And like, it's so, so I keep saying it's so cool, but it's so cool. Like I read our Discord chats and every simple church is doing something and every simple church is taking steps towards doing something And then all these things that you're doing to worship God and all the ways that are looking at him, that is what you bring on Sunday and that Sunday gathering, when you're coming together unified in Christ, that's worship and that's what God loves and you're worship leading just by doing that.
0: Rachel, I think you blew some brains there for a moment that when we come together the reason gathering is worship is because we've already been worshiping all week and in unity man what a powerful thought i'm gonna have to go think about that i hope some others (laughs) will as well so i'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna send you on your way thank you for being such an encouragement and uh oh that's awesome jesus we thank you for rachel and just the wisdom and the passion and the love with which Uh, she has uh, just talked about worshiping you. Jesus, we know that you're worthy. We say that you're worthy. You're worthy of worship. And Lord, I pray that this posture of worship, starting in scripture and then worked out in a life of service, Lord, that that call that Rachel's put to us would really capture our hearts today. And Father, I pray that you would increase the love that she has in you to worship and serve. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rachel. Have a great night. All right, guys, well, we're going to kick it over to Discipleship Resource of the Week. We'll be right back. All right, so for Discipleship Resource of the Week, this, we wanted to talk about evangelism. For a lot of people, evangelism can seem overwhelming, scary. Like, I don't want to share my faith. I don't know how to share my faith. Where do I start? and sharing my faith. And we've talked a lot about this as a church, but if you're looking for a primer or maybe a way to open up the conversation in your simple church, I'd encourage you to grab the super easy evangelism guide. It outlines five dimensions of evangelism that you can uh, talk about in your simple church or even on your own to then engage others with the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So to get it, head over to engage.livechurch.org. You actually see it on my screen here. This is the logged-in version of Engage. If you have an account, uh, this looks something like this. You can just head on over to uh, Discipleship Resources, Successor, or at the top, Not, and you can just type in Evangelism Guide, and you can download it here. Now, I want to quickly show you what it looks like. It looks like this, and then we've outlined just five pieces of scripture for you to meditate on as you think about evangelism, the role of prayer scripture, your testimony, worship, and finally opening up a gospel conversation. If you want to get started with evangelism, start here. It may be a good way for you to think about how you could engage others with the hope of Jesus. Prayer, scripture, your story, worship, and finally conversation. Great scripture to dive into and meditate on. I encourage you to do that. All right. Well, with that said, we're going to head on over to de, to our daily Devo Reflection for this week. And we have Hillary Ferguson from McMaster Region C bringing her reflection.
3: Hey, church. My name is Hillary, and I'm from Region C. And I'm going to share my daily devotion reflection with you today. Uh, So I wanted to talk about 2 Samuel 19, 24 to 30, which is talking about Saul's son Mephibosheth, who maybe we'll call (laughs) M. So if you remember back earlier in 2 Samuel, David had to flee from Jerusalem because his son was trying to overthrow him. And when he was fleeing, M tried to go with him. But Ziba, who he asked for help, said, didn't help Mephibosheth catch up to David. And threw him on the bus and basically, it looked like M didn't want David to be king. Total betrayal. And when David heard this, he said, "Okay, Ziba, you can have M's stuff, all his, all his stuff." So then, now David is returning to Jerusalem. He's victorious, and M comes down to meet him and says, "Ziba threw me under the bus. I actually wanted to come with you. You're my king, and I wanted to be with you. And Ziba like betrayed me and made sure it, it didn't happen." So then David says, okay, you and Zeba can split your stuff. You get half. And when I read that, I thought, that's crazy. Zeba's a betrayer. He shouldn't get half the stuff. That's M's stuff. But M goes, you know what, David? Zeba can have it all because you're my king and you're back. And that's all I need. And I just thought that that was a beautiful picture of how we as Jesus followers can live because... We have a king and he's all we need. So we can be radically generous to people who hurt us even because we have a king who we love and he's all we need.
1: Well, hey church. Uh, it's like we said, it's our hundredth episode. And uh, of course, this is, this is the time when we decide uh, to put me in front of the camera instead of behind it. Oh boy, no pressure or anything. (laughs) In case you missed it earlier, my name is Kirsten Rudy, and I'm the Simple Church Regional Director at uh, Mohawk, and I'm really excited to be here tonight to uh, to close out our Life and Leadership uh, Lessons with the Skirds mini-series. I'm going to share a little bit uh, about uh, my story and some of the ways that God has been helping me to reimagine gospel leadership in light of the priesthood of all believers. So I'll kind of start off with uh, where my journey of church leadership began. Um, I was 11 years old, funnily enough, uh, at a youth convention. Uh, The speaker was preaching from Matthew chapter 14, where Peter tries to go walk out on the water towards Jesus. Um, Now, I'll circle back to the sermon in a moment, but um, this was really the moment when I decided that I wanted to be a pastor. From that point on... uh, pretty much every major decision I made revolved around pursuing that goal. It affected how I interacted with people at church, how I acted at youth group, the classes that I took in high school, and uh, I went on to go to Bible college when I finished high school. Fast forward through 14 years of planning and dreaming and preparing to be a pastor, and I was talking with Robin and Dan about applying for the ministry apprenticeship. This is just over a year ago now. Dan had been getting me to take on more and more responsibility at uh, our Wednesday night services at Mohawk. um, And we were kind of setting up this plan for me to be able to transition uh, into the role of site pastor at Mohawk. And then Robin told me about structural changes we were making at church and how this changed the role that I was going to be taking on from site pastor to skirt. This was a very different role than the one that I had been working towards for those 14 years. Part of me was excited. It sounded like a really cool plan. But it was not my plan. And I knew that I could go get the job that I'd been imagining for 14 years somewhere else. I was qualified and I had connections, I could easily just leave Lyft and go somewhere else and get the job that I'd been thinking of. But I loved Lyft. And I really didn't want to leave. This was the first big way that God helped me reimagine church and reimagine gospel leadership in light of the priesthood of all believers. You see, if we are all called... Then, gospel leaders choose commitment over comfort. Let me circle back to that sermon at the junior youth convention when I was 11. Often in that story, we focus on the fact that Peter doubted. The conclusion is don't be like Peter. But this time, the speaker focused. Instead, on the fact that Peter stepped out of the boat in the first place. The storm was there the whole time. Yeah, he lost focus, but he had the boldness to step out. He made that bold move. And God brought me back to that same lesson in this in this moment, when I was choosing between the comfort of the role that I had been envisioning for 14 years and commitment to the church family that I loved. If I was special or more called than anyone else, I should go and do what I'd been quote called to do. But if everyone is called, if every believer is empowered and equipped and equipped to mediate between God and humanity, like we see time and time again in the New Testament. For example, in Hebrews 10:19, where we are explicitly told that we have boldness to enter the sanctuary. Then it is my commitment to the people that I love that matters the most, and how I can help them grow. Empowerment this is such a beautiful gift reimagining gospel leadership this way opened the opportunity for my relationships to become deeper and actually more important than they would have otherwise instead of being surrounded by just anyone at whatever church i happened to end up at i got to be surrounded by the people that i'd learned to call family Committing to the people that I loved and had built relationships with meant that I got to stay with those people and continue to love them even more. You see, the thing that we commit to, which is ultimately Jesus, always gets more beautiful over time. Never less. So is there something you've been clinging to for comfort, that you need to trade for commitment to your church family and to Jesus. Now, the trouble with equipping and empowering everyone is
2: that everyone is a lot of people. is still a lot of people.
1: Before I moved to Hamilton, I spent a year working as a youth pastor in Saskatoon. And this was a challenge that I ran into very quickly. I started out by trying to connect with every single one of the 20 something students that I was responsible for. I went for a lot of coffees and lunches and whatever else I could think of to connect with them. And it was great. I loved spending my time that way. But there were also other things that I had to do and that I was responsible for. It didn't take me long to realize that in order to actually help them grow in their faith, to, to actually disciple them, I would have to spend a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time with them. More time than I was able to give them while still fulfilling my other, role, uh, other responsibilities. Now, if we are all equally called, then gospel, leadle, gospel leaders share the load. Now, in this situation, you'd think this is where having youth leaders or other adult volunteers comes in, right? That's what I thought. Um, I encouraged my volunteers to be intentional, to go out and build relationships and get to know our students. Um, But they were
2: just volunteers, and they had other things going on too. I wasn't mobilizing
1: or empowering them to actually go and disciple our students. What I was asking them to do required more than just encouragement. It would have required modeling, for me to pour into them the way that I wanted them to pour into our students. It would have required us spending significant amounts of time together. It would have required structures that empowered and mobilized them and gave direction to what I wanted them to do. It would have required them to become gospel leaders in their own right, instead of just volunteers. Discipleship is not just about spending time with people or getting to know them. But because I was only viewing them as volunteers, I couldn't call them to take on the kind of leadership that would allow them to disciple our students. As volunteers, they were there to supervise and to help out. But discipling and teaching our students about Jesus was my job. The priesthood of all believers means that it's not the responsibility of the few specially chosen or specially called pastors to disciple everyone. This is a load they simply cannot carry on their own. It it is actually everyone's responsibility to disciple those around them. Gospel leaders cannot try to do it all themselves, they can't hoard the influence. And the responsibility for themselves. They must empower those around them to carry out the mission alongside them. That's the only way that we will see the kingdom of God advance, as well as avoid complete and total burnout for those special few that feel called to ministry. This is the second way that God really helped me reimagine church leadership. Pretty much everything I had seen up to that point, everything I had experienced, everything I'd been taught about church leadership told me that it was all up to me, that I had to carry the load on my own. There were a few exceptions, but they were rare. They were the exceptions. Those exceptional few people who put in the, the extra work went the extra mile. The first time that the first cohort of Skirds, shout out to my uh, Skird family cohort, uh, the first time that we met together and uh, heard about this new role that we were taking on, Robin emphasized the fact that we were not responsible for discipling every single person in our regions personally we were likely not going to have a lot of deep interaction with every single person because that was impossible in order to be the most effective we needed to rely on others to do the frontline line discipling of those in our region this is why the simple church line is so important It disperses the responsibility so that no one person is carrying it all. And unlike when I tried to empower my youth group leaders uh, to disciple our students, the pipeline also brings in the needed structure to ensure that discipleship can actually happen at every level. As I've led over the past year, I haven't always fully embraced this idea. And those have been the hardest times. God has driven this point home for me further and further over this year. I cannot do it by myself. I have to share the load. Maybe some of you have been feeling weary or worn out lately. And I'd invite you to consider maybe could it be because like me you're not sharing the load and you're trying to do it all yourself.
2: Now, there's still
1: a lot to do, and it's common to hear that we need to make sure we are taking care of ourselves in order to care for others. We're told we need to prioritize self-care and finding good work-life balance. We almost automatically begin to place boundaries in our discipleship relationships so that we don't give so much of ourselves that there's nothing left for us. And this is definitely what I thought for a long time. But although these sorts of things felt like they made sense, I struggled with them. Not because I'm a workaholic. (laughs) I, I honestly have no trouble leaving the tasks and planning at the end of my day. No, I struggled because I genuinely cared for the people that I was responsible for so much that I didn't want to put restraints on a relationship. I wanted to be available whenever needed me. This presented a real dilemma. How could I ensure that the people that I was caring for got everything they needed while also making sure that I was taking care of myself? I'm not even exactly sure when or how it happened, but God showed me another way to reimagine gospel leadership in light of the priesthood of all believers. In that if we are all called, then gospel leaders don't take care of themselves. I know this sounds a little bit crazy, but stick with me here. We all come together to share the load, to make sure that everyone is discipled. This means that everyone has somebody discipling them. Everyone means everyone, including me. If I'm trying to care for myself, where's the boundary? How much do I dedicate to myself and to my self-care as opposed to care for others? Immediately, we should see the problem there. If I'm trying to do both, They're at opposition. I cannot dedicate myself fully to caring for others if I'm also caring for myself. Let me switch angles for a second. In Matthew chapter 22, some of the Pharisees asked Jesus, teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, often we read this and think that it means we need to first love ourselves. And then love other people in a similar way. You know, love people the same way that you love yourself. But God has been showing me lately that that's not actually what Jesus meant. See, the first command, the one about loving God, requires everything from us. It is 100% about him and 0% about us. It's a command to love God with absolutely everything we are, everything we have, holding nothing back. And then Jesus says that the second command is like the first Now, in what way is it like the first? In that it requires us to look completely outside of ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself isn't a command to love others the same way that we love ourselves. It's a command to love others as if they were yourself. It's a command to love others as one family, one body in Christ. I was talking with um, Morgan the other day about this point, and uh, she put it really, really well. She said that it's if you were to draw a circle around those you're discipling, not an exclusive circle, but you draw a circle around those, you're around those you're discipling and say, your needs are my needs. The command to love your neighbor as yourself means that their needs, their joy, their pain, all become yours, and you treat them as such. Now this is where the other two lessons blend in so beautifully. We get to see that in light of the priesthood of all believers, since we are all called, we commit to sharing the load with our family and making sure that everyone is looked after, cared for, and discipled. I do not need to care for myself because there are others in the family who are caring for me. And ultimately Christ cares for me as I follow him and disciple others. The church family actually functions at its best when we are following Jesus' greatest commands. Loving God with everything we have, holding nothing back, and loving others so deeply, it's as if they are actually us. The kind of love gospel leaders are called to is a no-holds-barred kind of love. We keep nothing for ourselves. We pour it all out for others. And because we, in turn, are recipients of that from the others who we have committed To sharing the load with us and ultimately we are all recipients of the amazing incredible so that's pretty much what i've got for us in light of the priesthood of all believers gospel leaders see if i can remember my points here gospel leaders um Choose commitment over comfort, forgot my first point, (laughs) in light of the priesthood of all believers. Because we're all called, we choose commitment over comfort, we share the load, and we don't take care of ourselves. So Robin's going to come back in and we'll do some Q&A. Sit tight, be right back.
0: Kirsten, that was so good. So good. I'm going to have a cupcake, a little celebratory cupcake. Hopefully you have yours. Drop it in the chat. Drop questions in the chat. We'd love to dialogue. But I want to maybe... That was... It's been really fun to journey with you on this Uh, because I know that that what we're talking about or what you were talking
2: about was not theory like... And...
0: I think the beauty of the priesthood of all believers, I think this is maybe the crux of it, is that if everybody does it, then everybody's loving, caring, discipling, supporting, giving to everybody else. But in order for it to work.
1: Everybody has to do it.
0: Everyone has to do it. Everybody has to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: And... I kind of liken it to marriage. Um, <laughs> shock and awe. The church is like, like something about Ephesians 5 here.
1: It's like, it's like somebody maybe
0: said that before. It's like somebody said <laughs> that before. But in, in a marriage, like in a, I think we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, but in a healthy marriage, when, ev- when you just unconditionally love the other person in the marriage and they unconditionally love you, the marriage is like easy. It just flows. Yeah. And the hard things become easy because you know somebody loves you. I think that's what you're getting at.
1: yeah and i think like it's so cool like i've been seeing this so much more lately like it's actually been a huge thing over the last even couple weeks where i really i really realized that i was kind of doing this i actually i had a conversation with um an old friend of mine uh, a couple weeks ago um and she just kind of asked something about we were talking about boundaries and personal capacity for relationships and stuff like that And she kind of asked like Okay, so you've said, you know, like, you, you you spend a lot of time at your church. Like, are you making sure to take care of yourself? And I actually, like, had to stop and think for a second. And I was like, am I taking care of myself? No? And then I had to, like, stop for a minute and think, like, what, why am I okay if I'm not taking care of myself? And that was really when I realized a lot of this stuff that I kind of shared tonight was, that, like, oh you know what, like, I haven't been taking care of myself because I've been so focused on pouring out and, like, trying to love my disciples the best that I can. And the reason that I'm okay is because I have people who are doing that for me. Mm. And then it was, like, just this moment of realizing, like, that that's the beauty of church. Yeah. Like, that's the beauty of what God gave us, is that we actually get to do that for each other. And then even more cool, I think, is that, like, When we have like a whole bunch of people, when the church is functioning that way, we end up having a bunch of people caring for us Mm -hmm. instead of just me caring for me. Yes. So I actually get so much more. Yes. When it's other people than if I try and do it myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. The, I think what it does is it highlights how important and valuable each person is. Like every person is precious and important, but also vital. Mm -hmm. Like you take, when you take some of the community we're losing our capacity to love because they're part of pouring love into the community. Yeah. Into the family, into the church. And so every person is important. No one is just a, a you know a body. Yeah. Um we're not counting any bums. No. <laughs> we're like we're, we're sort of counting like how much capacity for love do we have? And the only way to and, and anyway. Yeah. So my question here is this. <laughs> I want you guys to drop some questions in. But what would you say to the person who's saying, well, I don't feel anybody's caring for me. I feel invisible. Oh, boy. Putting you on the spot here. That's a yeah. hard question.
1: It is hard. I think one thing is that, like, because of the kind of relationship that a church family is, You're allowed to go ask somebody to care for you. Wow. Like, I think maybe a good example is like when I stepped into the role of being a skirt, um, you know, Dan is kind of the one in charge of the skirts. He's the one discipling discipling us. But like, you know, we talk lots about cross gender discipleship. And you know, when if your direct discipler is somebody of a different gender than you, it's good to have somebody of the same gender to be able to go through, go to on certain issues and whatever. Yeah. I, I did not have one of those. <laughs> right. Um, and so, where to go? And I realized it's like, well, you know, I could just ask somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so that's that's how uh, me and Mel have actually gotten uh, really close is I just went to Mel and said, hey, I need somebody to talk to about the things that I can't talk to Dan about. Right. Can, can we hang out? Yeah, right. And like that, I think it's that simple. Sometimes is just
0: it's the principle ask. of like of, of reach out. Don't yeah. Don't allow yourself to sit in that echo chamber and just sort of like spiral. But like reach out and say, "Hey, I need help. Yeah. I need help. Can we talk?" That takes a lot of humility, um, but it really is that easy.
1: Yeah, like it's it can be scary uh, and overwhelming to try and ask somebody for help, but um, but really it's not if you're not feeling like you're loved it's not because you aren't loved or because you aren't valued it's just a matter of like reach out for help Mm -hmm. we can't help if you don't ask yeah
0: yeah exactly that's really good shana's caring for others look like uh for those who get worn out from being around people and how do people who are introverted take this into into account uh when they're discipling people. Basically, what do you do with the introverted uh, uh, person?
1: Um It's okay to not be on all the time. Pouring out and caring for others doesn't necessarily mean that you're like on and excited and like extroverted all the time.
0: <laughs> extroverted, I like that.
1: <laughs> like we don't have to. Extroverts. I, I wouldn't categorize myself as an extrovert.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I don't know that I'm an introvert I'm kind of float somewhere weird in the middle, we're talking
0: about labels in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, exactly <laughs> um but It's okay if some of your discipleship is just like hey I'm gonna sit on my couch and read a book today Come join me
0: right right
1: Like we don't always have to be doing things part of the building relationship is just the modeling and being around people and like getting up in each other's space yeah and I know that that can feel exhausting sometimes as an introvert but I think sometimes we have to let go of even that label of yeah. like and thinking about like what do I need to be able to be rested I think we need to find our rest in Jesus ultimately yes yes and the more that we pour out and spend time with other people even just even other people even just doing those little things like Sitting in silence and reading a book together The more we find that Our joy really does come from Being in relationship Right Not from Maybe not energy It might not be the most energizing thing You might not leave that moment Feeling like I can go take on the world now But what you will Find is That you have Peace mm you'll find that you rest in christ that's really good by question. spending time with his people oh
0: that's really good i love this is this theme running through what you're talking about tonight of the sufficiency of christ <laughs> uh like christ is sufficient he is enough for us he is do we really <laughs> believe that yeah <laughs> like totally completely like is jesus actually enough or do we need do we need jesus plus all this other stuff yeah uh, and that's a uh, just something maybe to meditate on <laughs> that's really good um, a few people writing some questions love you guys to get those in love to hear what people are saying um, I'm
1: gonna risk getting more blue more icing blue on lips. my thing they're, they're, fingers. they're
0: critiquing the blue lips yeah you know I know what?
1: it's probably all over my lips it's all over my fingers but
0: it's good well that was the, yeah they were, these were really good, yummy that was a good technique there we go um, oh we lost our people asking questions you want to <laughs> just give them another couple seconds see if anybody gets anything in um, but if you've appreciated hearing from the skirts, let us know, uh, drop it in the chat. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll do this again. We'll have more skirts up. Obviously, you guys have so much wisdom. Uh, That's what they tell me, at and, least. And um, appreciate you guys so much. So um, next week, we're going to have Alex in to do uh, some teaching on interpreting scripture, a mm. uh, really important subject. And then um, uh, while we've been doing these, these skirts, teachings we've been developing a new set of content on the primacy or the the first place of the gospel and what does it mean that the gospel comes first and so we're going to be talking about uh, five areas I'm going to give them to you now just to get you thinking we're going to be talking about uh, why we need lordship not labels why we need uh, objective truth not opinions why we need Um, enslavement to christ not entitlement oh that's gonna shake some shaking in our boots Romans (laughs) six coming at you hot uh we're gonna be talking um about the importance of the imago dei the image of god in every person and lastly we're gonna be talking about what is love uh do we do we have a bible a thoroughly biblical understanding of love Hmm. and uh love the love of that we read about in the Bible is, is, is not easy to caricature and it's not cheap and it's certainly not easy to do. Uh, yep. and so we're going to be talking about those five things and uh, we're really, really going to go deep. So it's cool. taken a lot of work to prepare them and uh, we're getting close, excited to unveil that in the coming weeks. That's pretty cool. So, um, we'll see. I think that's, that's probably it for questions coming in. Um, but love you guys so much. Thank you, Kirsten. Yeah. That was wonderful to have you on. That was really encouraging. And uh, thank you to the team for celebrating our 100th webcast episode. And uh, we'll leave it there. So we'll see you next week. We'll see you on Sunday, continuing our journey through Mark. And uh, be blessed, church. All right, this is the Encore episode. I don't think I've ever done a webcast. I've never gotten Encore. You I got think- Encore. Um, <laughs> 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 this is why the webcast yeah. is awesome. It's like part series web show. What is the webcast? Nobody knows. Uh, that's just awesome. Um, sorry, guys. That was my fault. I, I have the chat open here to follow along, and I didn't have it scrolled properly, so I didn't see that there were actually messages coming in. <laughs> so. Um. Uh, da 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 da, da. Bum, 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 da bum. Okay, let's see if I can find this question. Okay, <laughs> Emily asks, "What have been some of the comforts you and Adam have had to leave behind to commit to Church's family?"
2: Oh boy.
1: that's such a good question I don't even you'd think this would be an easy question
3: mm-hmm.
1: I yeah I don't, I don't even know how to answer that in some ways because like I think not that it's come naturally um, but I think this is something that especially over the last couple years as we've since we've been married um, that we've both been really striving for is to make church our family and like to make that our priority
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I think I mean like some of the little thing not even not little I guess but like some of the things like um, like <laughs> we sacrificed our our, our rent uh, we had some really really cheap rent down the mountain um, that we were living where we were living the last couple of years and um, that was one sacrifice we decided was was worth it. To we, we were willing to pay, honestly, almost double in rent to move up the mountain, to be closer to our church family, to be able to serve them better.
0: Um, I can think of a couple of big ones. Sometimes it's easier when you're on the outside. Yeah, I
1: know. I, you probably We've probably talked to you about all of the things, and you probably remember them more than I do now.
0: Yeah. I think probably the biggest one is the sense of... Um, Uh, this is what I'm doing with my life. The sense of clarity, like this, is going to be open by talking. Yeah, right. Like you had this idea of like this is what I'm going to do with my life. This is what church is. Mm -hmm. This is what leadership is. And over the last number of years, you've basically had to throw that all out and go back to a what I think we would agree is a more biblical vision Mm -hmm. of of church and leadership. Um, And that has not been easy. No, it hasn't. Um, and um, I want to just commend that because I think what we're talking about here is really an identity. Like you've had to mm-hmm. take like who you thought you were, yeah, and give that because that's comfortable. Like you arrive at a place of like this is what I'm going to do with my life, yeah. And the Lord's like no. <laughs> and so I think that that's that's been been a big one. Um,
1: yeah, and I think um, I mean not to. Sp- before adam but i mean we're married so i think i can do that a little bit uh, i think that's been true for him as well like uh i mean like he's working on his phd and yeah. um you know he kind of had a bit of a plan of what his life was going to look like i think and uh i i don't think it included um being in a church full of students before he met me yeah <laughs> uh before he came um, like that was he he was part of another church family before uh, before we got together and so that definitely derailed some of his plans and what he thought he was going to be doing mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah I think it's been huge for both of us just trying to figure out what yeah like how to what who who are we where do we fit in a church that's nothing like what we originally imagined we were going to be a part of
0: Mm -hmm. that's really good that's really good okay we got lots of questions coming in oh gosh Um, (laughs) you thought you were done the encore the people have spoken um can you comment on how self-care as our north american culture defines it has become or can become an idol in and of itself
1: oh gosh um so easily
0: yeah
1: so easily
0: yeah
1: um I honestly, like, I, I'm at the point right now, I think, where I struggle to th- see how it can't be. Yeah. When, when we're putting ourselves first.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's that's what the, you know, that's what the narrative is, right? That's culture says, you know, you, you have to put yourself first by, you know, engaging in self-care. Well, it's in, inherently putting yourself ahead of those you're discipling. It's inherently putting yourself ahead of what Jesus has called you to do so like I don't I, I think I've reached the point now where I don't think there is any room for that to be anything other other than an idol
0: wow wow like
1: yes there were you know basic things you, you know basic personal hygiene little things like that like please make sure that you're brushing <laughs> your teeth and taking showers but like that's not usually what we mean we're you know we're talking self care they're talking about you know take a whole evening where you think about nobody but you Right. Go do whatever it is you want, engage in whatever activities, whatever, like and it's always there's if we're thinking about the mission instead of ourselves, those are spaces we, we should be inviting people into.
0: Yeah. I've often in some ways I really do believe that the best form of self care is servanthood. Absolutely. The best way that we can take care of ourselves is just is to stop thinking about ourselves. Yeah. And and give of others. And this goes back to what Jesse was saying three weeks ago. Yeah. Like we cannot overstate the importance of the servant. And what's interesting, I mean, we've been reflecting on this quite a bit, is that um Peter, Paul, and John in first John chapter 2, First mm-hmm. Peter chapter 2, and oh man, I'm gonna the reference mixed up <laughs> here. Um and in Philippians chapter 2. That's interesting, all no, chapter 2. Um they uh Peter, Paul and John all drive home the importance of becoming less. Mm-hmm. On, uh, and the reason we become less is because Christ became less. Yeah. Like, to be like Jesus is to think less, to be less, to become the servant. Yeah. In the most literal sense. Like, this isn't just like this vague, abstract idea. Yeah. I'm doing it. It's really real. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Dan, Dan's chiming in on the chat here. Go to bed at a reasonable hour, eat healthy, exercise, drink more water.
1: Yes, which are uh, maybe the going to bed part. Like, exercising, drinking water, getting good food into you. Bring people along.
0: Perfect. All right, we got some other questions coming in here. Um, Rebecca asked, do you have any advice for people that pour out a lot in their job, for an example, healthcare or things like that, and are being drained? Um, since it's not directly connected to how we balance mm. that.
1: <sighs> Serving. Serving. Like, I think, again, it goes back to the same, like, The where we get like filled up where we get what we need is by a stop thinking about ourselves, Mm
3: -hmm. go
1: and serve, Mm -hmm. because it's in that serving where we also end up receiving what we need Mm -hmm. from Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's.
0: I think what you're doing is you're almost challenging the assumption.
1: Yeah, like it's, and and like I mean I mean no, I'm not a health care worker, so I'm not I like I don't know how draining like physically draining it is to do those long shifts and like the things that you guys are doing but like I think we pour out you know just even that like you're pouring out What? how can you bring Jesus into that
3: mm-hmm.
1: it might not be the discipleship relationships that you're pouring into but like how can you bring Jesus into that maybe you can't directly talk about him with your co-workers or uh, the people you're serving but like you can be praying for them all day
3: mm-hmm.
1: Um, I know maybe small scale example but when I'm at my uh, photography job I try I've been trying to do that more um where I pray for the people that I'm taking pictures of I can't really tell them about Jesus because that would be probably frowned upon although I've actually never tried maybe (laughs) I should (laughs) um but I found that like that's huge in how much that day drains Whether it's, like, how much have I been interacting with Jesus?
0: Yeah. You actually just highlighted something really important. It might surprise everyone to know that all of our skirts have jobs. Um, Outside of skirting. Outside of skirting. Um, And some of them are very demanding and very sacrificial jobs. Yeah. Um, And so um, it's actually part of how we designed the skirt role. Um, So kind of cool. So, all right. Um, well, we'll leave it there. Okay. Really, <laughs> really good dialogue, guys. Appreciate you all. If has anything to add, you can add it to the chat. See, Dan and Paula probably have something to weigh in. Paula, I would love to hear from you uh, on that. I'm sure you have some great, great wisdom to bring. Yeah. And so, um, all right. Well, love you guys. That is the end of the encore, <laughs> and we'll leave it there. So be blessed the second time. I hope you're still blessed for the first time. Extra blessed tonight. We're well, extra blessed. <laughs> all right. Catch